the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Okay, we're back for another hour. Another hour. That. We've already gone through an hour. Can you believe that? Dan's only going through 15 minutes, but we, <laughs> <laughs> we the rest of us have gone through an hour. Dan Stern is with us from the uh, Botanical Gardens. In, uh, he's a, in charge of horticulture, Dan. That's that's a good thing to be in charge of it. Uh, at a botanical garden. I consider, myself, I consider myself lucky. <laughs> uh, everybody's lucky who gets a chance to to visit that. Chapel Hill's a beautiful town anyway, but uh, the botanical gardens is so unique. And uh, there's a big sale there next week. A plant sale. It's an annual sale. And um, Dan Stern, uh, tell us about it. Please. Yeah, on nine to three next Saturday, the twenty fifth. Um, it will have. Uh, 175 different species of native plants available um, from herbaceous perennials to shrubs and trees. Mm. Um, Really great opportunity to pick up uh, some cool plants of the southeastern U.S., uh, get them in your garden and help support wildlife. Um, They're beautiful flowering things that, you know, can add interest to your garden year round. Are you going to have any of the plants that you were mentioning that grow in the oriental Oh, sure, sure, yeah. We've got mallows. Yep, mallows and hibiscus. Uh, we've got, you know, uh, plants from the mountains to the sea in North Carolina. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, we do have quite a mix uh, here in the Triangle area. Uh, the, the hemlocks used to, uh, used to grow in this area. We don't have a lot of hemlocks. Do you have any on the property? Yeah, we do. Uh, you know, they're not as affected by the woolly adelgid the, um, that's been wiping them up, uh, wiping them out up in the mountains. Uh, yeah. It's not so bad down here because I think hemlocks tend to be, you know, more spread out. Um, and so right. they can't trans, you know, can't move from one to another. But we've got a few on the property. Also got a few up the Cocoa Arboretum that Rufus was mentioning. Yeah. yeah. And, and mention something else, too, that if you've never been there, go f- to see the architecture. See the sculptures. It yes. is unbelievable what people have done over there at the botanical gardens in the way of sculptures. Well, thanks for mentioning that, Rufus. We do have our annual sculpture show going on right now. This is something that we've been doing for 33 years. Uh, we uh, open it up in mid-September, and it generally runs into uh, the first week of December. This year we've got 38 pieces of sculpture from, I mean, 60 pieces of sculpture from 38 North Carolina artists spread out around the garden uh and it's really spectacular oh it sounds like it now if if people go over to the or to the uh, botanical i'm used to saying arboretum because uh, long long history with with those folks uh, the botanical gardens today can they join 
Absolutely. Yeah. And just to mention, uh, you know, we, uh, we encourage people to support the garden, either becoming a member or making a donation, but there is no admission to get into our garden. Yeah. I don't know why we haven't done anything. We've, we've never done anything with the botanical gardens. Well, I'm glad and I don't know why. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, why have we not done anything, Rufus? You mean been on site? Uh, no, not, uh, we just haven't had anybody on from the botanical no. gardens. It's, it's, uh, I, I apologize deeply for that. I, there's no excuse. My wife's uh, aunt, uh, there's a, uh, the herb garden is named for her, mm-hmm. Mercer Hubbard. Uh, Uncle Charlie's wife, she was uh, the sister of uh, Melissa's, my wife's uh, father. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uncle Charlie was a preacher, and, and he was the pastor for, for several years at uh, University Methodist. So they, and Charlie uh, held a lot of track and uh, mainly track records at uh, Carolina for years. He ran track and played football back in the 1930s. But he was quite a character, but so was Mercer. So um, that's yeah. still one of the most photographed parts of our garden. Very, yeah. very popular. People love herbs. You got to have some sunlight for, for that's herbs, true. That's but true. Uh, everybody wants to grow them, whether you cook with them or not. But gosh, there's so many different facets. How many different gardens or sections are there there? Uh, well, we've got habitat gardens representing sort of the major ecosystems in North Carolina, sand hills, coastal plain, uh, mountain habitat, um, and the Piedmont. Uh, so four different habitat collections. We've got an herb garden. Uh, we've got a plant families garden, and beds are arranged, you know, to show how um, different plants are related to one another. Uh, we've got a children's garden that's got a big pollinator space in it, and then several uh, ornamental displays uh, where we're sort of showing native plants from all over the southeast, sort of mixed in different combinations, um, you know, to make colorful displays. And then we've got the Coker Arboretum, another five acres up on the main campus of UNC. What What are uh, some of the highlights of the fall blooms and trees? And, uh, uh, you know, I, I love each season, but, uh, and we always strive uh, to have something blooming at every time of the year. Yeah. But uh, what are some of the highlights that people could see plant-wise uh, this time of year? Well, as I mentioned, the, um, the, the, some of the hibiscus and the, um, and the seashore mallows are blooming right now. Flocks is the um, summer flocks is just starting to wind down. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Indian blanket flower, uh, which is, again, it's a coastal plain species, uh, annual or biennial, um, that's really putting on a great show right now. Yeah. Where did you study horticulture? Uh, I did a biology degree at UNC, and then I went to the University of Delaware, and I did a, a master's in um, public garden management there. Wow. Okay. That's quite it. Yeah, quite a that's, that's really something. <laughs> hey, Billy Howell is with us. He's with the State Farmers Market in Raleigh. Billy, how you doing this morning? Oh, I'm doing great this morning. How y'all doing? So, so you're in charge today? Uh, well, until I get home. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, I got that. Uh, apples. My wife came home with some apples, and yes, I think they were Macintosh because I like the little the little tartar side of apples, uh, varieties of apples, and the uh, stamens are not ready yet, and the <coughs> black, uh, black Arkansas blacks, I guess. So yeah, um, I was, went down there this morning and was looking. We had some uh, red delicious and pink ladies and crimson crisps. We had some Granny Smiths, some Fuji's, and Galas. We had Buckinghams, Rusty Coats, Gold Empire Mac.
Macintosh, but we also had a Magnum Borum, uh, Bonum. Boy, I'll tell you, they got so many varieties now. It's just like everything. There's so many varieties. I, I recognize a, uh, a few here and there, but. Yeah, this Mag, Magnum Bonum, it was something I was uh, new to. And uh, it was um, started in 1828 in Davidson County, right here mm. in North Carolina. How about that? Started out. So there's some heritage varieties uh, there, I suppose. A lot of different ones. I've noticed that there, some of the sweeter varieties appear first. It seem seem to uh, to get those first. Most of these coming from uh, the Hendersonville area, or yes, sir, they're coming up from uh, yeah, right around Hendersonville up into the uh, west uh, right. corner there. You don't grow a lot of apples. I mean, Taylor, the uh, Taylorsville area, I think they have them, uh, but Boone. The Boone not, area not is Boone, not now, known for now. It. Wilkes, the Brushy Mountains in Wilkes County, yeah, is very well known for apples. <clears throat> yeah, Boone is. Uh, we had an apple orchard when I was growing up, and we made the uh, that wonderful, wonderful uh, white butter. lightning. Oh, no cider. <laughs> <laughs> butter. Oh, that's right. You got a revenue in the family. You didn't uh, apple butter. Good old apple, apple butter. butter. And they had a, a, a community cannery at this place called Cove Creek. They had a high school. Uh-huh. And the community would go over there and have a community cannery. How about that? Their apples and do it together. I fondly remember that. So you got some, uh, still got butter beans and peas? We've got butter beans and peas. Thank I goodness. We'll still, still have some corn. Um, got blackberries and blueberries, broccoli and cauliflower, a lot of beautiful cabbage down there this morning hmm. um, is that pointy head cabbage they have pointy head cabbage and red cabbage as well <laughs> both of them okay girl agnew would like that pointy head cabbage <laughs> i have i have relatives like that that's why i always think of that yeah we have a bunch of naughty head ones down there yeah <laughs> yeah i have those too <laughs> uh, let's see we had uh, still got some cantaloupes uh watermelons a lot of the smaller varieties of watermelons are still available um, cucumbers, zucchini. Of course, they keep kale up here just for Rufus. Oh, oh, kale. <laughs> we got a uh, scuppernongan and um, muscadine grapes. Oh, they're good for plentiful. you. Good for you. You ever been to a grape stomping, Rufus? Uh, I, I mean, surely re- your campaign would have. One of your campaigns would have taken you on. I will remain silent on that. Oh, okay. That means he has. <laughs> so uh, you have plenty of muscadines out there? We do. Good. Uh, got a lot of okra coming off right now. Uh, we mm. got plums. And we got pumpkins in this week. Pumpkins? And we have yeah. a lot, a lot of square Well, October's almost here, Ann. <laughs> it's that time of year. Yeah, it sure is. Of course, you drive up into Sparta in August, and they're orange all over the place out in those fields. And now here we got orange. You look around, there's orange and white and yellow. and Yeah, it's amazing the varieties that they have. Now, Rufus claims that there's one that's kind of Carolina there's blue. There's a Carolina blue. I, I don't swear, know about right, that. Right, <laughs> If you say so, Rufus. Uh, <laughs> we, we had a discussion down there this morning what color those white pumpkins were, and we, we're pretty sure they're just white. Okay. <laughs> oh, I had one that was definitely Carolina blue. 
Now, somebody might have done a little little painting dance that night. <laughs> but, uh, talking about decorating those pumpkins, um, Thursday, October 7th, we're going to have our 35th annual decorated pumpkin contest. Oh, okay. And people can start bringing those pumpkins in if they want to be entered into the contest on Wednesday evening or afternoon between 3 and 5 p.m. and then Thursday morning between 8 and 9 and I've already heard a few people talking about they've been sitting around all year drawing up plans for what they're going to do. So it may be interesting. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, we uh, we need to move up to uh, the plant area. You got plenty of plant vendors today? We do. Um, see, we got a lot of mums. We're uh, coming in this week. And, of course, we got uh, fruit trees, persimmons, and peach trees that are still um, plentiful out here. Do you have any pawpaws? I don't know. I ha- I really didn't see any, but I've been hearing a lot of talk about pawpaws here lately. Yeah, we we uh, we had that subject brought up by several people uh, two or three weeks ago. You had that pawpaw yeah. festival. Yeah, in, in Winston-Salem. I just had no idea. I, I must get out more. <laughs> I just, <laughs> just didn't know. We're going to have some of those available for sale at the at the botanical garden next weekend. Are you? We sure are. Pawpaws. Rufus, you have a pawpaw patch. in your. I uh, know. I have a your friend patch. That, I have a friend in Wilkesboro that's going to bring me one this fall. Okay. Very good. Great time to plant it. Uh, up in the market shops, you can uh, get a lot of good stuff to eat. We do. I was looking at there earlier. The coffee shops open. The grills open. The bakeries open. And then you got all the candy shops and whatnot shops and NC Hammock for outdoor furniture. And he has a, a lot of um, little small terracotta-style pumpkins and stuff where you sit out on the front porch. But people like me where can't carve pumpkins, you just buy the terracotta ones already done for you. There you go. Very good. Uh, you got ice cream up there and Apple Jacks. I'm hungry. Rufus, Rufus dogs. Rufus dog. Yeah, at the at, market grill. That's getting really good now, Billy. They, they've got it perfected. It, Mustard, it, slaw, chili, and onions. Tell you what, I'm waiting to go up there one day, and they'll be sitting outside with an art brush painting those hot dogs to catch up on those hot dogs. Oh, I know. That's uh, the only way they can get They are fastidious. Art. Artwork. They just don't slap it on. No, no, that thing is a pure creation when they get done with it. Uh, it sure is. Every, everything they have there, the market grill. <clears throat> uh, Farmer's Market Restaurant is going strong this morning, I'm sure. It is. Um, and today's specials up there, they got barbecue pork ribs with sweet and spicy sauce, stuffed bell peppers, and open-faced roast beef, mm. along with the stuff where they have, like, every day. And of course, they got those great big biscuits and molasses and I, it, my hard part is when i go up there and eat is not to put that bottle of molasses in my pocket but i'm scared rufus is watching me so i'll leave it on the table <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's right <clears throat> well there'd be telltale well, you can wear those overalls because you can seal it very well <laughs> <laughs> i hadn't thought about that i had to wear them more often so uh, the, and the seafood restaurant is uh, is open. You can eat outside. They are. They have reduced their uh, days of the week. Um, they're not open on Monday right now due to um, staff shortage. Sure. 
Yeah. But, they, we're, that's the reason I'm doing the show is because we're short of staff. Oh, is that what? For the last 36 years. But <laughs> other than that, we. So uh, the. Uh, uh, let's see. Super sod. Super sod. Yeah. I bet yeah, they've been selling a lot of fiscue sod. probably starting to pick up sales a little bit more right now. Therefore, a few weeks when it's real hot, everybody ain't wanting to put sod out, but it's getting to just the right time of the season. Mm-hmm. Sure do need some rain. You know, it was all around us. Got a little bit yesterday in Pittsburgh, just like uh, 10 seconds worth. <laughs> That's about it. And I think we had some at my house yesterday, too, but uh, was, late afternoon. Yeah, it was raining around Johnson County this morning when I come in. And, oh, well, I'm glad somebody's getting some. Yeah, at least on the asphalt. I don't know if it rains on the farms, but it's raining <laughs> on, the on the asphalt when you're trying to get to the farm. right Oh. And uh, also, there's a lot of pottery and things up there on the hill. That place is packed right full up there at Market Imports. Great people, a lot of ideas. If you if you have something in mind that they don't have, you talk to them, and they can tell you if they can get it or not. Right. Well, Billy, I appreciate it. Do you have any uh, festivals or anything coming up? Uh, you know, the craft area is there, too. We didn't mention that. And uh, Yeah. We got the craft area, and um, hang on, let me see here. We uh, there's usually a fall craft fair, or we all have, have a that? craft fair this year. Okay, but me being being so unorganized here, let's see if I well, Billy, shape we'll up, man. Taking applications around the first of um, October. Okay, and man, uh, I can't see what weekend we're going to actually have it but yeah i think we're i think we're second weekend of november second weekend see that's why a lot of y'all said that. Y'all know uh, uh, and gerald will be there gerald will be there you gonna oh, be yeah. there gerald yep okay yeah i gotta put up with gerald again yep. yeah <laughs> yeah only three days that's three right. days i might get dag on stomach yeah. at that one all right <laughs> well we'll be i think the weekend garden will be out there in october so we'll we'll get to see the place cool. again uh jerry uh Billy, have a nice day, my friend. Y'all too. I appreciate it. Y'all come see us. All right, we shall. Maybe today. More of the Weekend Gardener coming up on WPTF 919-860-9783. It's 925. Let's get back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. We're back on WPTF at 934. Uh, Gerald Adams is with us from NC State University Centennial Campus. And that's why it looks so good over there. Yes, uh, I take all the credit if it looks good. That is. If it doesn't, we're, we're on our way to doing something about it. Or uh, right out the door. <laughs> <laughs> they don't mess around at NC State. Uh, and uh, Miss Clapp is, is with us this morning. She took time out from uh, Beach Travels to, to join us. Uh, the former Secretary of State and Attorney General and uh, former Deputy Counsel on the Senate Watergate Committee and the current Secretary General of Gardening in North Carolina. Dan, I guess you didn't know we actually have a Secretary General of Gardening, but we have for several years now. My highest honor. It is signed by the governor and everything and the Secretary of State, Elaine Marshall, who listens to yeah, this Don't show. get paid for it. That's right. No. We had a caller one time that called me and said, what do you get paid for that? Not even the tickets to the Carolina game. No. Either. They came from 
Somebody else. Yeah. Well, my wonderful friend from Sampson County, Mr. Allie Ray McCullough. I wonder if Allie Ray has seen that that huge old uh, dogwood tree in the cemetery there that I've heard so much about. It's supposed to be the, the largest dogwood in the world. Good in Sampson County? In Sampson County. It's on a church grounds huh. there. I'll ask him today. Yeah, please do. Yeah. It's still there as far as I know. You can you can look it up, yeah, uh, and uh, get more information on it. But it's um, it's there. Uh, Dan Stern is with us from the North Carolina Botanical Gardens. Uh, Dan was nice enough to come over today because you have a big sale, an annual fall sale coming up next week, Dan, and lots of native plants. <clears throat> That's right. Yeah, we have incredible selection of uh, perennials and shrubs and trees. Um, you know, things that'll flower and. Uh, add sort of uh, add value and beauty to your garden year round. Very good. And uh, if folks would like to to join, they can do so online. That's correct. Join the society or uh, the botanical gardens, or they can go over there today and walk around, enjoy it, and sit on some of them, or Rufus's bench. Rufus, does your your bench have a? Does it say Rufus's bench? It says in memory of great days at Carolina, Rufus and Linda Edmonds. Oh, okay. Well, look for that one. Where is that one? In in the Cooper Arboretum. Oh, it's in the Arboretum. In the okay. Co- yeah. All right. And by the way, Dan, there's a little romantic story about that. I was courting my wife years ago, and I hadn't met her but one time before, and I, I said, you want to go see Elvis? <laughs> and she says, well, okay. <laughs> so uh, I planned out this elaborate uh, trip, went to the, the uh, what's that picnic place that got me a big basket full of picnic goodies? Rolled into Chapel Hill to the Coker Arboretum, spread out a blanket. Here the SBI's watching from the bushes. <laughs> and uh, had the nice dinner. Went on up to Greensboro, and I, I said, she said, well, we don't have any tickets. So what are we going to do tonight? And I said, well, I think we're taken care of. And all of a sudden the ushers came out and put, a, put us on the stage with Elvis. So... I got to give Elvis and make Elvis an honorary attorney general yeah. of North <laughs> gave Carolina. Gave him a badge. He collected and, badges. And, and, he, and gave him a badge. I knew that. So the Coker, Coker Arboretum had a lot to do with my romantic impressionist <laughs> way I impressed my wife and, ble- and begged her to marry me. <laughs> and begged and begged and begged. Yeah. This went on for years. Yes, I did. mean, the Elvis thing was just one well, step in we, it. We did court for eight years. <laughs> God. That's a good boy. Start. She really held out. <laughs> does she regret it now? <laughs> no, she says she doesn't. Okay, <laughs> I'm still courting mine. Oh my! Oh, yeah. Yeah. Heavens, met her at the Coker Arboretum. Oh, fantastic! Well, well there's something. There's, some, there's an aura. The Garden of Romance. Apparently right. so. Hey, Herb is with us. <clears throat> Herb, I believe you're another Carolina graduate, right? Have you been to the Coker Arboretum? Did you meet your wife there, or uh, Mike? Yeah. Uh, I'm what they call a triple healer. Three a tr- times. Oh, did you teach there too? Yes, sir. Wow. Good gracious. Well, I'm going to start calling you Professor Herb. Yeah. Well, uh, wife's a graduate, son's a graduate, daughter's a graduate, and so we're Tar Heels all the way tonight. You sure well. are. A lot of smart people, too. Mike, uh, uh Oh, I'm sorry. Good morning, Mike, Ann, and everybody else. Yeah, uh, Gerald and, and uh, Dan. Yes, right. Well, 
speaking of Down East, last week, uh, when, I, when I got back from Down East, uh, I noticed that my peppers were absolutely going crazy. Habanero and everything else was just beautiful. They've been sitting there most of the summer. But the reason I called was because Dan, I believe, uh, mentioned about Down East plants. They're having a plant sale over there at the uh, <clears throat> gardens. And I would be remiss if I did not bring up two of my favorites, which are uh, Iron Weed and Joe Pie Weed. Oh, I love Joe Pie Weed. Yes, they're absolutely gorgeous blossoms. Uh, They're going a little bit down now, but uh, if you want something absolutely natural... Uh, those two would be a couple of my favorites. Yeah. Now, uh, Professor Herb grew up down in, in Jamesville. Okay. So, And his mama still runs the town down there. Yeah. <laughs> and if you want butterflies, those are two great selections. They're yeah. just loaded with butterflies. I have noticed, I remember the first time I ever really saw Joe Pieweed in the wild was down 421 heading to Boone one day well, in august well, i'll let someone else get on i've got to get prepared for later on tonight rufus have a good evening oh okay hey. all right well okay. how long does it take you to prepare herb well it depends on the opponent <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah you got a good one tonight buddy well i got my fingers right. crossed herb bye yeah. bye thank you herb i didn't realize herb was a professor yeah i need to sit up a little straighter in my seat watch mm-hmm. my posture when the professor is here uh, 941, John is in Cary. John, good morning. You're on WPTF. Hey, good morning, Mike. Um, I called last week with a question about liquid aeration, and unfortunately was really busy, did not have a chance to call any of those resources you suggested. I'm well, that we morning. got a good one. We got some good ones here. I don't know if uh, if Dan deals with lawn grass very much, but uh, I know that, that uh, Gerald – it's a big part of your life. I don't have any more than 50 years worth of experience. Yeah, so are you familiar with this liquid aeration? No. I had not heard of it either. You look online and there are gallons of it. Mm-hmm. You're in like on Amazon. And I don't know what the ingredients were, but John is uh, in charge of, uh, I guess, his homeowners association, or you've been at least uh, the gardening part of it. John, is that right? That, that, that's right, and yeah. I did call because, you know, realizing Gerald was on and his background, I thought, yeah. well, maybe maybe Gerald's got some opinion, but I also have, do have another follow-up question, too. But, Gerald, you say you really don't know. I, I'm not familiar. Right? Call me old-fashioned. I'm used to punching holes in the ground to prove aeration and get a little oxygen down in there to it and help the soil be able to spread out. I'd be, I probably will check into it now because you've stirred up my curiosity uh, I suspect that it's probably going to be something that, if it works, and calls me, call me highly skeptical because I was born on a tobacco farm, and it just makes you that way naturally, uh, that it's probably going to be something that could maybe work at a, a small level. And, of course, I know now lots of people have very small lawns. Yeah. But I, I'll check into it and report back on that, and I, I have a contact over at the Horticulture Field Lab at NC State, and that's where I'll start. When I check well, it, because if, if it's if it's something that they're not familiar with, 
and haven't tried or explored doing, then I probably can't say much good for it. Can he contact you through uh, your website? Yeah, uh, you can contact me at um, Gerald and Henry's Plants at gmail.com. Oh, I'm I trying. Think I've got that. Saved. If you got that, uh, just just go to that, and you can shoot me a uh, uh, email through there, and I'll check this week, and I will try to report back next weekend uh, on that. But I have long been of the core aeration is what I have preferred most all of my life. There have been some situations where I have run the kinds that do a little bit more of a slit to it, but if I have my preference, I would rather be able to core uh, aerate. Uh, and that's regardless of whether you've got uh, fescue, Bermuda, doesn't matter what, what kind of grass you've got. Gotcha. So speaking of four aeration, let me ask one more and then I'll... Oh, sure, John. You know, the floor so, is yours. Well, so here's here's the second question. We, we always associate um, core aeration and fall seeding together, uh, and, and I think somehow people, you know, believe that, well... If we put those plugs on top of the ground and some of the seed will fall on the plugs, and that's good. I, I don't believe that myself. Or some will fall into the hole. That's good. I don't really think that's true, too, because the holes are too deep. You don't really want those fescue seeds all that deep. But here's really the, the core, no pun intended, of my question. Um, it, it's more about the moisture content of the ground, isn't it, rather than the calendar? Because right now our ground is you know dry. I mean, it's, we'd have to put a lot of water on it, or somebody's got to put a lot of water on it, you know, the, the good Lord or all the homeowners, uh, to really get an effective punch. It's, it's two different uh, questions, depends upon which type grass. So just say we take the two most common, or Bermuda or really almost any summer grass. You're, you're going to aerate more than just in the springtime when it's coming back out of dormancy or when you would even slit seed it. And you can continue to aerate it throughout the summer. Uh, would be beneficial, particularly if you've got thin spots and you're trying to get it spread. Fescue, on the other hand, which is for in our part of the world, is really fall is the only time to seed it. Uh, the aeration is doing multiple things. Uh, one, it is getting the ground a little bit looser, improving oxygenation into the roots to help them to develop. And if it's compacted, always difficult for roots to get established. And you will find that more often than not, where when those seed land in a hole, they come up because the seed don't necessarily go all the way down into the bottom of the hole. They just may be hung up in that loose soil at the edge. Right. you got to make soil contact. That's, That's right. important. Right. And I do this more often than not with fescue. I aerate. I sow seed. I come back and aerate on top of it after I sow the seed. because. Because then I take the barrel will push some of the seed down to where it's making better contact with the soil. And then the tines will push some of the seed into the ground. Uh, and you will see, particularly if you have what I don't call an ideal situation, i.e. plenty of moisture in the ground where you're taking out plugs like your little finger. Maybe you're not getting deep enough hole. You can't hardly aerate it too much. Uh, yeah. But if you're only making a dent in the soil... You don't have enough moisture there, and I'm not going to say you're completely wasting your time, but you're pretty close. Dan, do you uh, do you have any lawn areas that, 
at the botanical gardens. Yeah, they're small, a few yeah. small lawn areas. But um, you know, we did some aerating this spring. Uh, we had a lot of compaction, uh, as Joe was saying, um, because of our sculpture show last year. And so this, you know, as things started to green up this spring, we wanted to, you know, loosen it up. And it was a matter of striking while the iron was hot, or more importantly, while the iron was wet. You know, we had right. some rain soften up the ground and then get in there with an aerator. Do you have warm season grass there? Well, we have uh, our high traffic areas. We use the warm season grass because right. that's when we're doing most of our facility rental. Yeah. And John, y'all have fescue at your in your development. Well, it's really a it's really a mix. Yeah. Uh, we've got uh, fescue in many places because of uh, canopy, you know, the shade, growth, right? Uh, shade, and, and, and but we have a fair amount of uh, warm season grass. It's a mix of. Uh, uh, common Bermuda, a little bit hybrid Bermuda, and and actually as an experiment, we took a section which happens to be adjacent to my house and uh, and sodded it with zoysia two years ago, and that worked out really well. But uh, and we may try to do more of that in the future. But Gerald, real quick, is there anything inherently wrong though with uh, a poor aeration of the fescue in the spring? Now you're not going to seed in the spring. I understand that. But just inherently, if the idea is to improve, uh, you know, breathability of the roots, uh, getting some uh, nutrients back down, is anything inherently wrong with doing a, there's uh, not, a There's plant? nothing wrong with it, but you would you want to make sure that uh, it really would need to be something very compounded, which usually, if you got proximity to large trees, that might would be of a concern. But most of the time, because that's such an awful time to put any nitrogen uh, to fescue, you're almost but try, better off to try to get all that done in the fall if you can. Yeah, okay. This has been great. Guys, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And we're going to. I'll report back next week because you stirred up my curiosity. Yeah. <laughs> great questions, John. I, I really appreciate you calling. Thanks so much. I'll try to check with you later, too. Please do. Found out. Okay. Anytime. All right. Bye. All right. All right. Bye-bye. By the way, we don't have mice that was rufus opening his uh, pack of nabs more of the weekend gardener <laughs> more of the weekend gardener coming up is 9 49 for 40 years it was the tar heel gardener and since then the weekend gardener has invited you into their backyard a WPTF tradition since 1945. We're back on WPTF 953-919-860-9783. 919-860-WPTF. Uh, this uh, liquid aeration, as it's called, is intriguing, but... Well, I think what it's talking about more, it's talking about aeration as and is using... Uh, spraying or applying a liquid with microbes that are going to improve the soil health uh, to uh, prevent diseases, uh, protect the root system. I don't think it's in the same tone as you think of aeration in what you do at the time of the year when you're applying seed right. or sowing fescue seed. Mm -hmm. So I, it, it may very well be lots of people now are using compost tea. There's uh, turf farms down east that they're spraying all their sod with compost tea and not using any fungicides anymore. Brown patch is one of the biggest issues in fescue lawn, and typically uh, June, July, August, you have to make a monthly applications of fungicides to, to be able to keep that at bay. 
and I think that this is what this is referring more to. I think where it kind of sounds a little confusing is not the type of aeration that you would do when you're applying seed. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying it wouldn't be something you wouldn't do a m- month after those seed came up that might would improve the health of your lawn, but uh, that's uh, uh, not something that's tied in with aeration to do when you're seeding. Yeah. Dan, do you want to add anything to that, or is it? Uh... Yeah, just the ingredients that you were reading online that sound a lot like you know the types of things you'd find in a compost tea. So I think you're spot on. Yeah, like uh, uh, four different types of bacillus uh, bacteria. Yeah, and, and you know I have done some compost tea brewing myself. I got into it for trying. I was doing a vermicomposting and to try because tomatoes have so many disease issues, and I was experimenting with some things with that, and I've had some good results with it. It's a not complicated process to brew the tea, but it's a, a little more to the ingredients and what you use it, and the, the issue I had with it is it's such a short shelf life. You have What you brew, you have to be able to apply in a very timely manner because all those extra microbes uh, that you have created die off very quickly just sitting in a jug, a container, a barrel, or whatever yeah. you've brewed it in. But there, I, there is some future and a lot of good applications for that. Uh, but the biggest issue is how do you keep that stuff alive to be able to use it to get the biggest benefit, at least in my my experience doing Yeah. Dan, a lot of people, we get a lot of calls about trees to plant for – separating homes or or property from you know, something that grows fast and tall and uh, we've and fairly large but i've i've noticed uh, a lot of some especially some of the developments there there are a mix of trees and shrubs that are that are there to uh, separate or hide a, a community make more privacy mm-hmm. um do you have any recommendations on that, uh, on, on shrubs and trees that, I'll make, that do I, I that? I guess I'll make two. You were probably looking for things that are evergreen. Uh, you know, a fast-growing one uh, would be uh, anise shrub, Elysium uh, parviflorum, uh, and that's uh, something real rapid-growing and tolerant of a wide variety of, like, sunlight exposure and soil conditions. How tall does that get? Uh, they can get 15, 20 feet. Yeah. Uh, but they're also pretty uh, responsive to pruning. So if you don't want something that big, you know, you can, uh, you know, you can sort of top it out at 8 or 10 uh, if you're a little more patient, uh, I'm a big fan of um, uh, Florida hobblebush. Uh, it's a slower-growing um, plant, but it's got these beautiful canes and sort of a fine foliage uh, and really, really fragrant flowers. It smells like milk and honey in the spring. Mm-mm. Florida oh. hobblebush. Agar- Agarista popular folia, and we're going to have some of that at the plant sale next spring. Now, that's a good tease for sale right there. Good <laughs> gracious. Oh. I, I, you know, we, we, uh, we, I don't think we've ever had that mentioned on the show before, that, that uh, tree. Don't tell me, Dan, that the scent beats Nosmanthus. Which is going? Of which mine is going wild now. Yeah, every I mean, everywhere I go, I'm I'm smelling osmanthus. Yeah, right now. it. I would say it's comparable. It's a you know, it's a it's a thick, sweet smell. Um, yeah, it's it's a beautiful one. Florida hobblebush. So now, you want to have both. You know, you have yeah. the osmanthus to provide that smell in the fall, mm-hmm. and then this uh, Florida hobblebush. That's you know, sort of a late spring, early summer flower. Uh, how big does that? Uh, the Florida hobblebush. They crowd. can get, you know, um, 12, 15 feet, but they're a little slower. Yeah. Do you have have some uh, favorite trees for shade? For shade. 
Well, let's see. I'm a fan of the black gum tree, sourwood trees. Those are understory trees. You know, in the Piedmont, they do well yeah. in a wide variety of conditions. Um, the, we talked about pawpaw earlier, another nice understory tree. And you, you will have those available, too, at the sale yep, the, yep. next week. Next weekend. And I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, mention the uh, beautyberry, um, Calicarpa americana, yeah. right? So that's actually our wildflower of the year this year. Uh, you know, it's just a program we've been doing for almost 40 years. We pick a different uh, native species and yeah. showcase it. So that's a coastal plain, another one that's from down east. Um, but it grows well here in the Piedmont. V- really vibrant purple fruits in the fall. The birds love it. Uh, incredible garden plant. All right. And the sale is next Saturday, 9 <clears throat> until 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock at the um, North Carolina Botanical Gardens on Mason Farm Road in Chapel Hill. And you can join. You can join right now by going to the website and become a member. And then you can go to a special sale. Yeah, we're having our members preview on Friday night, uh, next Friday, the 24th, from 4 to 730. Uh, you, as you said, Mike, you can join online. It's uh, ncbg.unc.edu, um, or uh, you can come to, the, come to the sale and join right there. All right. Another hour coming up of the WPTF Weekend Gardener.